Well, we got to get to work. We got a lot of verses. Uh, one paragraph, Paul mentioned circumcision like 10,000 times. So we got to talk about that again. Um, so if you're new with us, okay, we, uh, we go verse by verse through a book of the Bible. Uh, we're going, actually going through the Gospel of John and the book of Romans every other week. And what we believe is, we don't believe that we pick a topic and then add the Bible to it. We believe the Bible, God's Word, should be the topic, okay? So that's what we're doing, and we've come to Romans chapter 4. Um, I've titled it Old Testament Faith, Old Testament Faith. And I usually give you like three or four points I'm going to do more of a Bible study because there's 25 verses in chapter 4. It all goes together. So I'm just going to read it and then give you some commentary on it, all right? Now, as we've been studying the section of Romans we're in and the Gospel of John both together, the Holy Spirit is screaming at us in a gracious way, of course, that salvation is by faith, faith alone. There is nothing we can do to earn our salvation. And that is designed to give God the glory. God gets the glory for salvation. Our faith, He gets the glory for the work He did. It's not about what we have done. We can't be good enough. But it's also designed to make us thankful, to make us worship. The last song we're going to sing today is, You're Beautiful. We're telling God how beautiful He is because of His grace and, and, and what He has done for us on the cross to save us. It gives us freedom. It gives us peace. It gives us rest for our souls. When we can rest in what God did instead of us trying to earn it. You know, it's like, I call it rowboat Christianity, where you're always trying to row that boat, be a better Christian, be a better Christian, maybe God will love me. No, 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 no. We want to sail that boat in, in God's spirit. And it's not about our works, it's trusting in what God has done for us. So, in the Roman church, Paul is dealing with these religious Jews who are saying, you still have to keep the law if you want to be saved. That you still have to be circumcised if you want to be saved. And what Paul does is, he takes some Old Testament saints to prove that is not true. He's going to tell us that the Old Testament saints were also saved by faith alone and not their religious works, okay? So let's look at this. Let's, let's look at verses 1 through 3. Paul says, What then shall we say was gained by Abraham our forefather according to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the Scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. Paul saying, Abraham 
did not earn his, his salvation by anything he did in the flesh. He said if Abraham was justified by works, he, he could boast before God. But I promise you, no one in heaven is going to be there boasting about what they did to get there. Matter of fact, everybody that goes there is going to know they're only there by grace. What does Revelation says? It says we're going to cast our crowns at Jesus' feet, knowing that it was all His work in our life. Um, I like verse 3. This is a vital question. For what does the Scripture say? What does the Scripture say? Think about that. Because so many people get the truth about God from the wrong people. They get it from religious people who aren't even going by the Scriptures or religious men okay, that lead us astray. Many of you, I don't know who you are, you could have been brought up in some kind of church, denomination, some kind of false religion, I don't know. But it's like, it's like Paul is saying to you, what does the Scripture say? If you want to know the truth, you've got to look at what God says. And what does Scripture say? It says, Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. Some translations say it was credited to him. Abraham was spiritually bankrupt, and God credited, put righteousness in his account by his faith. And God had, it was a gift that God gave to him. So Abraham, if you're new at this, Abraham, he's the father of the Jews. The Jews, the religious Jews of Jesus' day loved Abraham. The religious Jews of Paul's day loved Abraham. They pretty much worshipped Abraham. You say, well, Frank, that's a little extreme. You think they worshipped him? They believed in God. Well, when Jesus came, they rejected him. But they would say things like, our father is Abraham. And they had pride that they were born in the family of Abraham, but they would not turn from their sin and turn to Jesus. And that's why I'm saying it's almost like worship. And some, some people in the religious world, they worship people. They worship stuff instead of worshiping God and God alone. Abraham, we first read about him in Genesis chapter 12. And it tells us Abraham was not born a Jew. Abraham was born in a place called Ur. That's near Babylon. Ur, if, if Ur was here in modern day, that would be like 10 miles from Iraq. Let me tell you something about that area over there. That's where the first sin began. That's where the first grave was dug. And there is all kind of evil that's been done in that place. And the people of Ur worshipped the moon god. They didn't worship the true god. Which led to all kind of other crazy false religion. But this is where Abraham was, and that is what he believed. But God spoke to him and called him away from that. I want you to come out of this false religion, and I want you to believe in the true God. I want you to follow me. And that's what, that's what God is calling you to do. To come out, whatever religion you're trusting in, whatever you were brought up in, whatever you think 
is going to get you to heaven on your own. God said, no, come out of that and put your faith in me. Put your faith in what I did by dying in the cross and rising from the dead. And so we see that it was God's grace that called Abraham and made him the father of the Jews. This where it says Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness, that's found in Genesis 15. And that's when Abraham, who had no children, who was an old guy, and and God said, Abraham, look at the stars. You're going to have more descendants than these stars you can count. And Abraham had to believe that by faith. He didn't have any children. His wife couldn't even have children. And yet God's telling him he's going to have more people than the stars in the sky. But he believed God. And when he believed God, God credited it to him as righteous. When you believe in Jesus, God credits you and counts you righteous. That's good news. Paul, the first verse of Romans is, this is about the good news of God. That's the gospel. Good news that God makes us righteous. We can't be righteous on our own. Verses 4 and 5. Paul says, now to the one who works, his wages are not counted as a gift, but as his due. I mean, if you're working your way to salvation, that's not a gift of God. You have to earn your due. You have to earn your work. In verse 5, and this is a beautiful verse, he says, and to the one who does not work, but believes in him, who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted as righteousness. So it's to the person that knows they can't work for it, and they just believe and trust God, they are righteous in God's sight. Um, I had a debate with a Jehovah Witness at my front door some, some years ago, and uh, I don't think we should be mean to Jehovah Witnesses. I don't think we should slam the door in their face. Um, I don't think Jehovah Witnesses are our enemy. I think they're a victim of the enemy. So we should, we should try to give them the gospel. But me and this Jehovah Witness, we were having a little debate, see, because they, they believe, you, like all other false religion, you have to work your way to earn your way to heaven. So like I said, I said to the guy, like, so, so what, how do you know you're going to be with God in the end? How do you know? What do you got to do? I said, what do you got to do? And he said, well, I don't, I, you got to go door to door. I've been going door to door. You got to just keep reading the Bible, reading the Bible. I said, so if you do that enough, will you know you're with God? He goes, no, I don't, nobody can know. We just keep trying and we keep hoping. And it's sad. It's sad to me. And they're exhausted trying to earn God. And I, I said to him, I said, well, I said, well, I, I just, I don't have to work. I said, I just trust in what Jesus did. Of course, I believe Jesus is God. They don't. I said, I trust that Jesus is God and he came. He died on the cross and I don't have to work. And he's like, well, that's not what the Bible says. You need to work. He says, doesn't James say uh, faith without works is dead? And understand, James is not contradicting Paul. James is just saying, when you have true faith, works will come. But salvation comes from faith alone, right? So I said, if I can show you a verse 
that says we don't work? We don't work, but trust God? Will you believe it? And he's like, no such verse in the Bible. And I'm glad he said that. So I said, let's look at Romans 4, 5. To the man that does not work, but believes in him who justifies the ungodly. And i never forget the guy just stared at that verse. He just stared at it like, I can't believe this is in there. No one's ever told me this, you know. And it's sad, but it's all over the Bible. But people don't believe it. They're not looking for it. It's, it's crystal clear that you're only saved by faith, not by works. Let's look at verses 6 through 8. It says, just as David also speaks of the blessing of the one to whom God counts righteousness apart from works. And then Paul quotes what David said in Psalm 32. Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord will not count his sin. The word blessed means happy. Happy is the man that gets forgiveness from God by grace. Happiness is the man that God doesn't count his sin against him because of his faith. And so David knew this. They loved David too. And I don't know how you can read the, the Bible, Genesis, and think Abraham was a righteous man. Totally. I mean, Abraham, you know, God told him, you're going to have a son. Well, what did he, him and his wife do? He went and slept with Hagar to try to help God out. That was a sin, okay? Uh, he, he lied he went to Egypt and lied to Pharaoh that, that he said, hey, Sarah, tell, tell Pharaoh you're my sister. If not, they're going to kill me. So he lied about that. He lied to Abimelech. He, he, he was a sinful man. So it wasn't his righteousness that made him right before God. It was his faith. David as well. Now, David was called a man after God's own heart. David did many great things by his faith. Uh, there's a scripture that says God gave David success in everything he did. And we know that by faith, he knocked down that nine-foot giant Goliath who everybody else was scared of. He trusted that God would protect him. He did great things. But we also read the story, David had an affair with one of his soldiers' wives. He got her pregnant, Bathsheba. And then he put the soldier on the front line so he would be killed and covered it up. Can I tell you all? That is a very bad sin. Very bad. Very bad. But we know David's in heaven. We know the promises to David that his throne would last forever. And of course, that's speaking of Jesus that will ultimately sit on the throne. But we know David's in heaven. Why is David in heaven when he, he did these terrible sins? Because his faith saved him. And that gave him forgiveness of his sin. Now, I want to tell you all something, because we've been talking a lot about how we're forgiven, our, you trust in Jesus, you believe, your sins are forgiven, past, present, and future. That's a good thing. But let me tell you something. If you sin, you still reap what you sow. And David had a lot of heartache when you read the story because of that sin. Yes, he was forgiven from heaven's perspective. And yes, if you're a believer, you're forgiven. But don't think, oh, I'm forgiven so I can just go and do whatever I want to do. Don't do that. <laughs> okay? 
Let, I mean, I want to stay away from sin. I'm tired of getting beat up for my own sin. I want to be not only forgiven, but I want to have the power to overcome sin. So he uses David. He says, even David knew you're saved by faith. Verses 9 through 12. Here comes circumcision 10,000 times. All right. It says, is this blessing then only for the uncircumcised or also for the uncircumcised? For we say that faith was counted to Abraham as righteousness. How then was it counted to him? Was it before or after he had been circumcised? It was not after, but before he was circumcised. Paul's telling these people that believe that circumcision, he said, listen, Abraham was a believer before circumcision. That came years later. Verse 11, he received the sign of circumcision as a seal of the righteousness that he had by faith while he was still uncircumcised. The purpose was to make him the father of all who believe without being circumcised so that righteousness would be counted to them as well. And to make him the father of the circumcised who are not merely circumcised, but who also walk in the footsteps of faith that our father Abraham had before he was circumcised. Okay. That's a fancy way of saying circumcision cannot save you. Abraham was saved by faith. The circumcision came later, okay? It was a sign that God gave him that, that these are, you are my people. And it was a sign showing that they had faith in God. But that itself would not give you faith. Hey, most babies today are circumcised for hygienic purposes, so are they saved? No, no. It, it, it's the same thing. It cannot save you. It cannot change your heart. But they were so into it. Like I said, it's like they, they, they worshiped it. Um, you know, one illustration I would give you that fits in our day would be baptism. Circumcision was kind of like baptism in the Old Testament. They had faith in God. And then the circumcision would be a sign to the Jewish men, okay? The cutting away, the blood, cutting away of sin, it symbolized to God's people. But that could not happen by circumcision. That would happen by what? The cross. The cross. But so when someone becomes a believer, we're going to have baptism service next, next week. So if you're a believer, you have faith in Jesus, Okay, if you have faith in Jesus sitting here today and you've never been baptized, you're saved before, even if you're going to get baptized next week. But you'll get baptized, why? Because of your faith. 1 Peter 3 says baptism doesn't remove the dirt of sin from your body. It's a pledge of good conscience to God. You want to do it because God asked you to do it. But it's because of your faith, it doesn't give you faith. Do you understand and here's the thing. There is a, one of the largest churches in our, in our area, okay? Uh, this denomination, many of these people believe that baptism is part of salvation. So here's what they would say. Let's say I talk to somebody today. Somebody comes to me and says, Pastor, man, I really, that sermon, 
got to me, and I want to become a Christian. Uh, and, I, and I explained to him, well, the Bible says, turn to God, turn from yourself, turn from your sin, put your faith in Jesus, in Jesus alone. And, and then, you know, I pray with them. Now, if that person puts their faith in Jesus today, when are they saved? That moment. That moment. But do you know that these churches will tell you if that person is going to get baptized next Sunday and they get in a car accident on their way to church to get baptized, they will not be in heaven. That's crazy. People don't research these churches that teach these kind of things. And you might say, well, Frank, what's the big deal? They believe a little bit different. They're really into... Because you're taken away from the finished work of Christ. You're taken away that salvation is faith alone in Him. And what if somebody trusts in the baptism and not Christ? They're not saved. So this is a very, very serious matter, okay? This, is a, this isn't a matter of unity. This is a matter of the true gospel. So, so understand, uh, Paul is saying to these Jewish people saying that circumcision saved, Abraham was saved by faith before circumcision. Let's go to verse 13. It says, For the promise to Abraham and his offspring that he would be heir of the world did not come through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if it is the adherents of the law who are to be the heirs, faith is null and the promise is void. For the law brings wrath. But where there is no law, there is no transgression. So, it's saying, if you try to earn salvation by keeping the law, the Old Testament law, that will only bring wrath because no one can keep it. So and I always say, God gave us the Ten Commandments to show us that we can't keep them. So we would know that we need a Savior. Now obviously when we come to Jesus, God's Spirit comes in us, then we, we want to keep God's law, not because we have to, because we want to, okay? Big difference. But that's what he's saying there. And, and where there is no law, there's no transgression. And there's verses in the New Testament that talk about how the law was nailed to the cross. Not that we don't want to keep the law, but it's just saying that the penalty of the law, because we have broken it, Jesus paid the penalty. I mean, I don't know about you. You want to try to get saved by keeping the law? By being a good person? Or would you rather be saved just by sitting here and having faith? The fact that God loves you and what He did for you. So this is important doctrine. Very important doctrine. Verse 16. That is why it depends on faith. In order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all His offspring. Not only to the inheritance of the law, but also to the one who shares the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations in the presence of God and in whom he believed. 
And then he says, and I love this, he who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. The God that created this universe out of nothing spoke it into existence. The God that can raise the dead. He is the one promising you to save you if you have faith in him. And when you put faith, Abraham becomes your spiritual father, okay? Um, have some of you remember in church, you know, uh, Father Abraham had many sons, many sons had Father Abraham, I am one of them, and so are you. And I used to hate that song because I could never get it out of my mind after we sang it. But the, the, the song is, Abraham's your spiritual father. He's the one that started all the faith. He's the one that God chose to bring about the Messiah, Jesus Christ, that we would have faith in, okay? So I'm not a Jew. Uh, my dad's family was born in Hungary. My mom's maiden name was Bosley. So she's from England. So I get my England from her and my high cholesterol from her, okay? <laughs> but, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Abraham is my spiritual father when I put my faith in Jesus. That's what he's saying. That's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. We are the family of God by faith. That's how you enter in the family of God. Only by faith. Verse 18. In hope, he believed against hope that he should become the father of many nations. As he had been told, so shall your offspring be. He did not weaken in his faith. When he considered his own body, which was as good as dead, since he was about 100 years old. That'll bless you, all right? Hey, old guy, you're as good as dead. <laughs> or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. Okay, Abraham struggled in his faith. They made the mistake of Hagar. But Paul is telling us, through it all, he still believed God could do what he promised. We know the whole story. But think about how hard this was for Abraham at the moment. I mean, he's 99. Sarah's in her 90s. And God says, yeah, in about a year, you're finally going to have that baby. Okay? I mean, all these years. <laughs> His name was Abram. It means exalted father. Right? Where's your kid's exalted father? God changed his name to Abraham, that means father of multitudes. And you know the, unbeliever, the unbelievers, neighbors were going, hey, uh, hey, Abraham, old guy, father of many nations, where's your kids? Right? But God, but God. And so through that all, he did not weaken in his faith. He struggled, but he continued to believe. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're going through in your life. I don't know what hard time you're facing. And obviously, you know, I, I remember, I, I know the verse. Uh, I know the proverb, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. I got that memorized. But you know what? When I go through my hard time, what do I do? I try to, 
I try to trust in myself. I try to understand it. And I don't immediately go to God. And this is why it's so important that we read about faith and learn about faith so we can be reminded that it's not about us, that it's about God, and we have to trust in Him. And I'm just saying, right now, your situation could seem hopeless. Like, there's no way. Yeah, I know God has promised this, but there's no way God can get me through this one. Oh, don't be that way. Believe God. Abraham believed God, and he saw God do a mighty work in his life. We walk by faith, not by sight. So in other words, you see your circumstances, you see your surroundings, you got to walk by faith. you got to walk by faith. And what did Jesus say? I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And you got to believe that. And you got to carry on and watch what happens. The final verses say this. It says, No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God. But he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God. What that's saying is, he just kept believing, even when it was hard, even when it was impossible. And he grew strong in his faith. Why? Because God kept delivering. God kept pulling him through. Verse 21, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. That is why his faith was counted to him as righteousness. He was fully convinced. This wasn't, he just didn't believe in your mind. Yeah, maybe God could do it. He was convinced God is able. Are you convinced? It'll give you peace. It'll give you rest. God will deliver, I promise. Verse 23, but the words it was counted to him were not written for his sake alone. Here comes the good news for us. But for ours as also. It will be counted to us who believe in him, who raised from the dead Jesus our Lord, who was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. It always ends with Jesus, doesn't it? It's all about Jesus. And Jesus was delivered to the cross for our trespasses, our sins, to be forgiven. And he rose again from the dead. We talked about justification two weeks ago. Just as if I've never sinned. Wow. Man, that's, that's the good news of the gospel. And, you know, think about Abraham. He, he, he didn't know. Let me, let me read these verses from Hebrews. I'm going to close with these verses. They're good. Since we're talking about Abraham... These are some of my favorite verses. Hebrews 11 is one of my favorite chapters. If you're struggling to have faith, read Hebrews chapter 11 this week. Um, so let's look at Abraham's faith. Verses 8 through 10 of Hebrews 11 says, By faith Abraham obeyed, and when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance, and he went out, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise as a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, 
whose designer and builder is God. He was looking beyond the promised land. He was looking toward a city God is going to create in heaven. That was what his focus was. That is why he could leave a wealthy city and whatever wealth he had and go and live in tents to go where God wanted him to go to bring about the Jewish people that would bring about the Messiah. You know, Abraham never made it to the promised land. Abraham never saw how many descendants he would have physically and spiritually. Abraham didn't know thousands of years later we would be here talking about him and talking about his faith and how his faith in God brought about the Jewish people and the Savior of the world, Jesus Christ. He didn't know at the time. We don't know at the time what God's going to do. We have to trust him. Final verses, we'll close. It says, by faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promise was in the act of offering up his only son, of whom it was said, through Isaac shall your offspring be named. He considered that God was able even to raise him from the dead, from which, figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. So, that tells you about Abraham. Abraham had some issues. But man, his faith grew so strong. I read the story of Abraham and Isaac, and I just say to myself, how could you do that? Even as much as you love God, faith in God, how could you sacrifice your only son? I'll tell you how. He believed God was going to raise Isaac from the dead because God would have to do that to keep his promise. He knew God would always keep his promise. That's amazing. Do you know how hard that was? And I love the part when Abraham is about to sacrifice Isaac, God speaks and says, do not lay a hand on the boy. And then God says this, I will provide the sacrifice. Do you want to know who that sacrifice he was talking about is? Jesus. Jesus. He is our salvation. Have faith in him. Please bow and pray with me. Let's pray. Let's pray for a little bit. We're going to worship here in a second. We're going to sing with thankful hearts and tell God He's beautiful for the grace and salvation He's given us. And just for a time of reflection, would you pray? Prayer is, prayer is a wonderful thing. Prayer gives me peace. Man, there's some, some nights I can't sleep. And I just pray. I pray and it, it relaxes me. It helps me fall asleep. Um, and you won't get in trouble. Don't worry if you start praying and you fall asleep, you're not going to get in any trouble. God's, God loves it that you're trusting in Him. But in this moment, in this moment, most important thing, if you're here and you've never put your faith in Jesus Christ, you've never said, this is it, Lord. I turn from myself. I give my life to You. I put my faith in You. I realize there's nothing I can do to save myself. Lord Jesus, save me. And if you're already a believer, 
and you're going through a hard time, just, at, just be honest with God. Just say, God, I'm struggling. God, I'm having doubts. God, I'm discouraged. God, strengthen my faith as you did Abraham. I do believe. Help my unbelief. Father God, thank you for another Sunday to come and worship you, Lord. What a privilege it is to be in your house together with the family of God. Lord, we come here today not because we have to. We come to church today not because it saves us. We come to worship you because you have saved us. You have made us part of the church by your grace and your mercy and your death, burial, and resurrection. God, I pray that we would have a longing and a desire to be here with God's people. God, I pray we would trust you with our lives. God, this world, there are some crazy things going on in this world. And God, all we can do, all we can do is trust you. And that's the best place to be. Help us to trust you, God. I pray that, that people would leave with their faith strengthened in you. We thank you for all these things. God, we, we pray that you'd be pleased with our singing as we lift your name up. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.